So we have been reliably informed. It is episode 117 of LOI Weekly, and this makes it the 38th episode of the third season. And it is our special FEI Cup final preview with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. Just the two of us. <laughs> Which is pretty crap for people who wanted other people to be here, Dan. It's just you and I. Well, I mean, the people also realise that we've got actually got a record number of contributors to this show. We do, by a long we've stretch. Got about 15 or 16 Cup final predictions. We've got Dan Cleary... And Sean Kavanagh as well, because I've been roving the country over the last few days, or just going to free-range media <laughs> days. Dundalk and Dublin. Dundalk and Dublin. <laughs> uh, to try and get the most cutting-edge commentary ahead of the match. And, and we've, got the, we've got contribution from like just all manner of pundits and regular guests and people across the show. We're going to drop in the voices mm. across the hour. Yeah, we've... Uh, I'm guessing it's an hour, I don't know. Former managers, present managers, pundits, players, uh, personalities, and... and um, some well, but for personalities, like... That could we don't want it from Twink, like. Do you no, know what I mean? No. <laughs> like, What's her real name Johnny, again? Johnny Logan. It's, uh, is it Adele King, is it? I think so, yeah. Could be right. Um, <laughs> can we get Twink? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> could we get WhatsApp audio from anyone of that ilk before the end? Someone from Fair City, even, or whatever, you know? Johnny Ward. Fair the other City. Johnny Ward. Oh, we should have done that. Who's the most famous League of Ireland fan, actually? Like the most famous. <sighs> Dermot Morgan used to be a UCD fan because he was afraid of crowds, he used to say. Yeah. Um, what's the term for being afraid of crowds? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> we, sh- um, we should know it. Um, who is the most famous? Could be, uh, could be Stephen Kenny, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean. Uh, well <laughs> genuinely, like, because he's like. No, but he's like, not even a person. Logan. You know? Logan. Johnny Logan? Yeah. I was going. I was. I was going through an airport behind Johnny Logan once. Johnny Logan. I was going through an airport behind Logan once, and we came to the check. Logan. Uh, yeah, agrophobia. Didn't I think Dougal uh, had a had a gag about that? Anyway, I was, I was going through an airport behind uh, Father Jack Logan. afraid of fighting. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Just let me finish the bloody points. Logan, as if you know him. Logan. <laughs> he's on the he's on the flight. He was dressed unbelievably flamboyantly. And uh, you know where you walk through a Dublin airport and you go through the, the people, like you go to the, the the human exit option rather than the old automatic stuff. Now. Which do you prefer? Oh, I prefer the, the human, human touch. Now. When they, they say, how are you, Daniel? Welcome back kind of thing. Yeah, but they sometimes do that, but like sometimes yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And oh, they don't Lo- care. Logan went up and he just showed his passport and the person was completely indifferent. <laughs> but he just, he lingered for a while. And then they took it and they looked at him and they went, ah, Johnny! And he, and he just, he, he was buzzing. Buzzing. <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Logan, uh, the League of Ireland's most favourite fan. <laughs> like you Phil Coulter would go to Derry on a regular basis. Yeah. You know? F- poor old Phil's legacy has been kind of um, tainted by Ireland's call in recent years. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of people going to Bowes now, I'm sure. Like, you know? The late Martin McGuinness would have been probably the most famous. There's been quite a few, actually. Like, Bowes. You know? Bo- yeah, Bowes have like uh, this trendy celebrity, PJ Gallagher. Um, a couple of the comedians. Yeah, uh, what's the other guy? Lawler, Eric Lawler, um, Johnny Logan. Jeez, that's three three big personalities yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, wouldn't you wouldn't get the cars down to Oriel Park now? No, for example. no, not no. even Jim. Jim, Jim, yeah. Jim would have theories about the takeover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim, would, Jim would record a YouTube video on the takeover. It'd be on the dark web somewhere. It probably is there actually. If you looked at it hard enough, it probably Jim's exists. prediction for the cup final wouldn't involve either of the two teams. <laughs> 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 The but, suspension uh, list. God, <laughs> is there anyone we could get over the next hour? Yeah, any celebrity at all? You're more likely to have met some Michael D. Michael D. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Yeah, yeah. Wonder, yeah, we very hard to get a WhatsApp audio off him. I'd say it would be a challenge. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, we do have also. Uh, um, you know, we have uh, the the two guys from the the club, from yeah, the respective the, clubs, going to come on. Yeah. Two of um. 
two of the star players in the league of Ireland this season. One probably unlucky not to get into the PFAI team, and um, obviously Sean Cavan as well. We're on podcast, probably Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes at LOI Weekly on Twitter, and we hope that Rob Mooney's listening because he did obviously uh, win the two tickets in the Air Sport box to the FEI Cup final. Um, Who's in the Air Sport box? I wonder. Who did he actually get to spend his time? With? I, I I asked for tickets yesterday, and yeah, they were gone. Nice. I don't. I think we've only four though, or something. Is this? Does he get like who does Rob actually get to hang around with? Who knows? Who knows? The, boy, the boy own producing doesn't seem to know. Um, Dan, I meant to say something to you there. Yeah, what's the ticket sales update or how many people are going to be there? Hearing rumours Dundalk haven't sold that well, but that could be a Shamrock Rovers propaganda as well. Oh, did you hear? You only heard that from someone involved Rovers, did I you? absolutely did. Yeah, uh, listen. It's, it's, it's like Rovers a, fans. It's like, uh, it's like everyone in, in the League of Ireland world telling you everyone else's budget is... Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, uh, it's, they've got a big budget. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think I can nearly guess. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I think Rovers will sell more. Um, I think the FEI, last I heard, were predicting or imagining the crowd might be something around the 32,000. What's that based on? Uh, I'm guessing they're looking at projected figures based on on previous years and what they've what what the take up has been from sort of uh you know what take up has been from FEI season t- ticket holders and stuff like that so um i think there's something like 3 4000 gone in the kids promotion or like the club's promotion i mean you need them all to show up um i think yeah you're you're probably looking at 8 10000 from the dock probably you know, you'd imagine Rovers would be around 15, you would have thought, you know. Um, and in fact, you know, there'd be a lot of floating people there. That they, will they be necessarily, say, buying tickets through the club, but they might be, you know, the old Laps Rovers fans and stuff like that. So I, I'd be disappointed if they didn't get over 30. Like, I still think, you know, they should be doing more. They haven't done enough. It should have been plugged earlier. There should be people going to this game for months off, you know, from people around the country. Um and like there are variables, I mean, there'll be a lot of publicity, there'll be stuff over the next couple of days, you know, press stuff that will get people talking about the game. Um, but I think actually that, in a way, isn't it a good thing that the media cover the game? You, you know, in the sense, I mean, they should, and, and it's the national final, and like, there's interesting stories in the game. Um, and like I know in, in our paper on Saturday, like I'm doing a big piece with, uh, which is going to be probably the centerpiece in the, like our Saturday broadsheet section, which is a sort of at home with Jack Byrne. Piece I heard this is going to be pretty good. It was, it was, it was great fun, and that's going to be like our main piece on Saturday's paper, right? So, and it's worth it because you know it's a good story, and and he's a he's an interesting character. He's but, an interesting character. What about his man? As, as Jackie is by far the star of the Jack piece. and Jackie. Jackie is like Jack. Jack is the uh, Jack is the Garfunkel in this relationship, <laughs> but like um, the. The whole point is, um, in many respects, like you know, the publicity is drawn from the what papers and podcasts and stuff do, and it probably exposes or covers over the fact that the actual level of FEI promotion of it still wouldn't be at the level that it should be. I'm just saying, what if everyone just said, let's just not cover this, let's just mm. not cover it, and, and, and then where another, would you where would you hear about the game? In another world, that might happen where the media is indifferent to the local product, yeah, and just, like. I th- I think um when I when I was younger I used to bemoan the media coverage in the League of Ireland and I actually think it gets more than its fair share I um, really do and on I'm, a based I, on a an attendance figure mm. basis um you know it, it it probably does now I would always argue um and I would make this point that like there's some great stories and some great access and ultimately a good story is a good story regardless of in many respects like where that person is is 
playing or what the event is, if you can bring a good human interest story, now it helps with someone like Jack or Joey O'Brien or you know you've people who've who've who've, who've, who've sort of straddled various wings of the game, um, you know, and, and uh, but and, and like they're available, and and like, I I think that in many respects the League of Ireland, and we, I think we probably get to do it on this pod a bit, like you get people to come in and they're very open and they speak to them for like you know half an hour, and you realise that. Um, what a lot of people in this in in this country are are naturally sort of Premier League obsessed. That like a lot of the people within the League of Ireland, which is which is cast as a different world, actually have way more insight into that Premier League world because they've been away. They know people. They know characters. They've seen the inside of the game. You know, they have a very good appreciation of of what the football world is like. And sometimes they're the best people to speak to to tell stories about. Uh, the broader picture, you know, mm. you sort of forget. I don't think they, I don't think people realise sometimes, and even even someone like Jack, you know, he's been all around different sides of the game. He's only twenty three, and he's got a lot of stories telling. The more so, like we got Daniel Cleary today, who's been at Liverpool, or um, you know, whatever other guests we might have that have, have all seen different sides of of the football industry, and uh, so like those stories should always get an airing. Um, uh, I got to be thankful to the guests as well because generally when they come in, they they're not. Um, stymied by uh, I suppose a fear of saying stuff and their managers give them the freedom to like which a contrast to the Gaelic games world where this just would never happen well, this is we're lucky in that regard this is yeah um, this, this the two I think the two sports I'm involved in really League of Ireland and racing effectively we're very lucky to have the access League of Ireland isn't world class like racing is but the conversations are great yeah. you know, well I've had the point I mean, the, I mean the rugby world cup I think is still going on um, and uh, and I, I would say this to someone I'd cover it but like you know, a lot of the access, the media access, saying the Rugby World Cup has been massively stage managed. You know, and I don't recall actually across this like six, seven weeks, and maybe I'm not following it right, but I don't recall say that that headline, that brilliantly insightful open interview where someone it's all very much formulaic. You know, totally, the yeah. learnings, the stuff, and a lot of it's just very dull. Mm. You know, and it's just great to have sort of uh, you know characters who can actually open up and expand. But anyway, listen, in many respects. The, you know the game itself will dictate uh like the, the FA Cup final there are times when it is used unfairly as a referendum on the league as such that if it's a good game people will chin and go oh good game yeah isn't it great kind of has to be should, a good game you should get it? behind the league more and then if it's a disappointing game it's like mm. god isn't it look at that crap mm. you know and there will be people i know people who go who wouldn't it might be the only league of ireland game to go to all year and if it's a bad game they will uh, they will make a definitive judgment on the yeah. basis of, of that. Of all so our, that of, is the showcase uh, aspect of it that can go. Of both all ways. our like um of all our many, many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners and fans, um somebody out there might know what it would have cost to rent one billboard, like a proper billboard. I, I saw one rovers but but one billboard just promoting two or three or four of the players and this is the cup final. Show them in all their glory, the playmakers. Um I just haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, one billboard can't I, have been that expensive. See, I know other people and like, uh, advertising experts tell you what is the value of a billboard. To me, it's not so much about well, we just want to see it on bus stops or we want to see it because a lot of people will look at it and they'll have their perception of it. I'm talking about more. You give a look there, uh, like you know that you know your man, like that you know the piss sake of uh, the Angelus, where your man is like taking a piss, and next thing is the Angelus, and he just kind of looks up, ding, yeah, and he continues pissing. Like you just gave that look there, reminded me of that ad back. In the he day. Continues pissing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so like, like this, you know, this wild spray going on. <laughs> no, the Angelus. During the Angelus. Enough. Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember the the Angelus where like there were these people in normal activity, and then they just paused to listen to the Angelus. But they're generally people in Irish rural activity. Yeah. Like oh, someone, yeah. someone 
going on a plow. They're not a league of Ireland match. They got distracted. <laughs> but but like the, farm my accidents is, at home. <laughs> my whole point <laughs> is, or that carbon monoxide. But, um, but like, I, I think it's more a case of like, it's not just all. Oh, here's a billboard with some pictures. It's like creative campaigns that like tell the stories of the characters. This is the point. Like the the players, Jack and Jackie. the players, the well, the players. Mm. Well, I mean, that's a prime example though. Like the players are the story really the players should be the story and and you know <clears throat> when you when you have people sponsoring the comp- competition and I know a lot of people do the odd video and stuff like that but they should be looking to sort of I think it's brand activation they call it to actually well what are we going to do to tell the story of this competition as sponsors and to put certain ads out there that, that give you a picture of it. and we see like clubs at times like the Bows had the Terrace Not TV one the Dock have done one or two like this and, and Rovers have done one and the Football clubs themselves loves. have done great like you know videos you know, just showing a match night and showing what it is. And I'd like to see an ad with, on TV with some of that stuff. You know, that's what I'd like to see. Did you but record Jack and Jackie? Did you do any recording that could uh, fit the bill? Uh, in, in No. No. No, but someone could in future. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like, uh, I know, like, sort of players and their families and stuff. But like, that is that is definitely something for another day. Although, yeah, that would be a bit, of, a bit of a read on Saturday. But we should maybe just move on to the cup chat by maybe... Throwing to first of all, I was in Dundalk on Monday, and I spoke to Daniel Cleary. Now, the important caveat is that this was before the Chris Shields suspension Shields came through, and we'll we'll discuss that after. Um, but yeah, uh, the the press day in Oriel Park on Monday, I had a chat with Daniel Cleary. Dan, like, what's the uh, the excitement of of Cup Final week like? Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I had a bit of a taste of it last year. Um, obviously, I didn't start last year and. This year, I think, because it's uh, Rovers, it's a bit more excitement around this week. So we're all looking forward to it. Um, what's the build-up been like? Because you, I mean, you you had the league won, then you've had this period where you've had. I know you've had points to play for and records, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's very different when you don't have that that obvious goal. So does it feel more like back to business now this week, or how does it feel? Uh, yeah, I think the last few weeks we've been we've still been trying hard. Uh, it's hard to. Uh, I wouldn't say get up for a game, but like when the league was kind of finished four or five weeks ago, so um, I think we got back to our, ourselves against Pats and uh, we bounce into next week. What did these? What does this mean to you? Like the season you've had, because you've spoken about it in the past. You've been away, you've come home, and there's always the challenges that people face. But you've been, you know, you're, you're winning leagues. You've been spoken about positively. Like how much are you enjoying this time in, in your career? It's it's great. I'm enjoying every minute of it and. Every time I step foot on that pitch, I'm enjoying it. So I've nothing to complain about. Um, this season has been great for me personally. I think I've performed very well, and uh, every time I've gone out on that pitch and put on the jersey, I think I've put in a solid performance. So uh, I've enjoyed the year uh, massively, and I'm, I'm looking forward to next week. People talk about rotation, and rotation in defence is unusual, but mm. you seem to have managed it as a club this year. That the, the four of you have all sort of done your bit, I guess, as centre halves. Yes. Massively competitive. Um, Four of us battled it out for the whole season, so um, I think whoever's came in has done a great job and uh, it's made every single one of us better. So um, it's, it's shown this season how well we've done, so um, I think it, it's worked. Yeah, do you feel like how would you say you are as a player now compared to this time 12 months ago, even? Uh, massive difference. I think I'm just learning all the time and I'm wanting, wanting to improve. I don't think I'm finished. Um, I only this was only my second complete season 
at, at the end of this season mm. in professional football. So I uh, still a lot to learn, and I want to keep improving. So I think I have improved a lot since last year, and um, played a lot of games this year as well. So that's how. Uh, the fact that it's against Rovers, it sort of brings a certain spice to it. I know you have your own history at Rovers. Obviously, you went there when you came home. I mean, do you always, I suppose, relish those games against um, Rovers? I, it's, it's always a big game, isn't it? Dundalk Rovers. So uh, I don't get caught up in all. Uh, that was there and before when I came home and stuff like that. It's just that's in the past now, like so. Uh, I'm just looking forward to the occasion next week. Yeah, I mean you had your brief bit at first. I know, like you, at first there was probably an element of that with your rovers though, like you doubt me now or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it, it did live with you a bit, I guess, in those early months, did it? I still get a bit of stick now about about that, but uh, it's, not, it's a heat of the moment and you do mad stuff in the heat of the moment. <laughs> yeah. so I was funny looking back, but that's gone now I just concentrate on the so I think are you, are you quite planning with Jack Byrne like you would obviously yeah, probably know some of the Rovers fans he's but probably you're one of my best mates Jack uh, I know him all my life probably since about 7 or 8 we're playing against each other he was playing with Kevin and I was playing with Crumlin so uh, we've always had great battles over the years and even when we were in England Liverpool and City as well so uh, be good to it's strange, like you know, you have that friendship, but you just have to, you have to park it, you know. I just knock it on the head for the day, or for the whatever the ninety minutes. Then uh, after we'll have a laugh and joke, but during them ninety minutes, we're not mates. What's the? Uh, have you any family and, and sort of people coming along on Sunday? I mean, it is a bit different to your average, yeah, average game, isn't it? Definitely, be hundreds of my family and friends and people through football coming just because I'm there. So. Uh, it's it's great to have that feeling of a lot of people coming to watch Is that sweet, you know, because you've, you've had the disappointment with the coming home from England and to be able to go to the National Stadium for a day for those family and friends to come along and see you must, it must mean something. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a proud moment for me uh, personally and uh, just because I've been through a lot probably the last seven, eight years I've put a lot of dedication into football and uh, now I'm reaping the awards the last two years but like it wasn't all glory days what people think it is and mm. I was putting a lot of hours into the game like and probably since I'm about five I've been playing football so um, I'm reaping the awards now of uh, the level of football I'm playing and uh, I'm looking forward to showing that next week. Do you ever go to the old Lansdowne or the Aviva as a, as a kid to sort of watch games? Yeah or I used to go to Lansdowne with my dad every morning game, my dad used to get free tickets and we used to go down to Lansdowne Road and watch, watch all the matches yeah. Anything spring to mind or is there any sort of uh, players no. or memories or highlights or who did you like watching? Or? Uh, just Robbie Kane at the time because with the link with Crumlin Crumlin like, of course I uh, yeah. used to just always watch Robbie Kane so it was um, were good games at the time it used to be good atmosphere but uh, it was good times But it's sweet, as you said it's it's sweet now that you've come you've, you've come that full road to be there as a player now I mean as you said like those hard times you never doubted yourself though in terms of that you could get back to where you wanted to be. Yeah, I never doubted in my ability, and I've always known uh, and believed in my ability. So it's just getting the opportunity, and I've got the opportunity here from Stephen last year and Vinny this year to show how, uh, how good I can be. So um, I'm just happy to get that opportunity. Just finally got your two back. You went missing during the game last week. You were saying? Yeah, I got a little elbow and I went flying out. So I got back. Uh, got to put back in on Saturday morning so I was happy to get a sword. Were you crawling around the pitch looking for it at one point? Yeah, there's a little video on Twitter I was saying earlier on uh, someone said Dan Cleary crawling around with his teeth so that was funny I was laughing at earlier on. 
But you're back in one piece anyway for the yeah, photos and all this so now. Good stuff. Cheers. I think he was probably the hardest done by to not get in the team of the year. Um, now, obviously, you spoke to him if there were any doubt whatsoever that he wasn't going to play, which there wasn't really. But this um, Chris Shields news, I think we both agree Sean Hoare is likely to play defensive midfielder now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Unless um, they played Benson, McElhinney and... Um, what, Murray or McGrath? And, uh, and McGrath or Flores, but I, I don't know. I can't really see it. It seemed more of a risk. No, um, I think they'll go, they'll go for Hor. although I suppose with everyone thinking that that's going to be the case, you know, do you... Do you <laughs> I wonder, like, is, is, do they have something up their sleeve and, and you try and throw them? And Stephen Bradley said, listen, this doesn't alter the Shamrock Rovers' game plan, but it has to alter their thinking, if not their game plan. I think you know how Rovers are probably going to play, but I think Shields not being there has a domino effect on the game in a number of other ways. Um, like if Shields, if Shields is that cover, like we, I think we had Sean Gannon in last week talking about Chris Shields' quality. He's always there. He's everywhere. Even for Sean Gannon going forward, it's a great insurance policy to know that Shields is, is sweeping up behind. And mm. um, like, will it impact on say whether you would start say a Daniel Kelly on the right side? Because that would be a more bold strategy to have Gannon and Kelly. And like he will bomb on, but can not that he leaves you exposed, but he's more aggressive. Did did they feel now okay. that they need to be more compact and say play a right sided? So you could play McGrath. Play, play right. McGrath the right, but someone who's going to come inside and then match up Rovers because Rovers will, as we know, will will have bodies around the middle. So Sean, Sean Kavanagh will will almost certainly play. I would have thought he will almost certainly but play. He, Sean Kavanagh. He had a bit of an injury issue. He came off at half time in the yeah, it was a um, bad tackle. But um. The, Dan Kelly, the, his fellow Rings End player, would be a lot quicker than Sean Kavanagh eh, and a one-on-one. Now, Sean Kavanagh's a very good defender, but that scenario Dundalk, you think, might exploit. But now the way you're talking, I could kind of see them start McGrath on the right and possibly playing... Or even, I mean, or even is it a mountain or something? But this is the thing. I mean, you mentioned McElhenney. I think McElhenney is, is still got the injury carrying over him. I just wonder... And I could be wrong, and even look, we're talking now on Thursday morning, there's a lot of time between now and Sunday. <coughs> I... I'd I'd have a feeling at this stage that maybe McElhenney might be might not start and he might be kept in reserve. Um, but I'm, Jamie I'd, McGrath not playing would be extremely hard. I, I think McGrath will play. Mm. You know, I think he probably. But I think McElhenney it's possible. But you mentioned so like do you, who do you play in that midfield to Flores? Like he does no like for like replacement. Flores doesn't doesn't have enough games on the clock, right? I think if Flores had had a normal run at it, Flores would be like the. Uh, a different type of replacement, but the Stevie O'Donnell style, you know, he, he option. Smash a cameo position. against. Um, he did, but Pats. it's it's, it's but, but he, he it's played. Much, he played this outside of the foot left pa- left pass down the right that was actually better than the one that Chris Shields wanted in the story. <laughs> the, 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 the one against the president but, in the president's cup final. But I think you know, very well. Like I, I can see why it would be hard. And then you play Boyle clearly say. Give us your half. predicted eleven then for Dundalk <laughs> while you're talking. It's, it's a tough one. Well, okay. I mean, Massey, Gannon, Rogers, obviously. I think I I think it will be Boyle Cleary with Hoare as the as the Holden defense midfielder. as the holding player and then Benson Benson McGrath then on the either side Duffy maybe Mountney like maybe Mountney for that that bit of cover and then Georgie Kelly and then, up top. and then and then Hooven <laughs> up top with Georgie Kelly uh, you know Dan Kelly. And McElhenney, but then you got you got Sean Murray as well. Like it depends. Like I think in some respects, with Sean Hoare, you're thinking about what are they going to do without the ball to a degree against the, like a rover side that will keep the ball quite well. So if you pl- play, say Murray and Benson, which some people would like as the two in the you know the, the Murray Benson with a McGrath McElhenney ahead of them, 
then like you're talking about players who say, well, okay, you want them to control the tempo, them to control the ball. And if they can do that, well, then that's great. But without the ball, you would think they would be more vulnerable to Rovers' sort of strengths. Definitely. You know, their, their creative strengths. So that's the equation that they face. That's I the thought, decision I thought that they Benson face. was excellent against Patson. He looked like um, he was controlling the tempo. It's good for him. I'm, I'm delighted yeah. for him that like he's gonna he will start. He's more central stage almost. He's like, like his season's been a bit of a lost season, I think. Mm. And but he's gonna at least you know be be front and center in a in a cup final. But it's, it's interesting. It's it's a screw up. We haven't really talked about like how this actually happened. Um, what did like, you make of it? And it's just a, it's just a bad mistake from the club. I I do think in time we will hear more about correspondence and discussions that the club might have had. Um, yeah, Vinnie Perth was saying that now is not the time to talk about this. Yeah, we'll talk about and it I think, but and and I would say this is my prediction. It's not information. I would say next year. I don't think that any yellow cards will miss the FAI Cup final, and I think there's possibly been an awareness that that might need to change, but it wasn't in place this year. Mm. Like, if you... Dane Massey has a five-yellow card suspension, but he, he qualifies for that amnesty that he doesn't play in the cup final. Um, Shields with eight yellow cards didn't. He shouldn't have played against Cork. They should have known. I still think that if the club is doing things with 100% right, you know, they have a list. They say, well, Shields is on seven bookings. They have someone, you know, that they that they're in a position to, you know... To monitoring now, I think the club were aware that Daniel Cleary was close to twelve, and they man- managed his minutes accordingly. But clearly, they're working off the impression that eight would be would be okay. Um, well, surprised that Huben stayed on so long on a yellow against. Well, I mean, they took him off eventually, but it goes to show they were like they're obviously mindful of. of they wanted to score, I think. I think they did. As did yeah. you, as it turns out. As did I. Actually, let's let's get to the main talk. Uh, I don't even want to show. talk about that, John. So you had um, a long term bet, <sighs> which I think we all agreed at the time. And if you agree, gamble responsibly, kids. Yeah, don't gamble Louis, responsibly. Don't, we shouldn't promote gambling. Don't Louis. Do, well, this isn't promoting gambling because like this is when it goes wrong. Um, gambling's great, by the way. Dunlouis.net, <laughs> if you've. Um, so anyway, at the start of the year, Dan was um, messaged me and probably quite a few people. He definitely messaged me and he said, "Listen, Huben is like three to one to be top scorer." And we both agreed the only way the spec can realistically lose is if he gets injured, which he didn't. And he turned out um, he was six clear a month ago. Mm. Uh, I mean, uh, like the final figures. I, 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 I things I, went badly against I, you. I, I, I did. I did decide to like you know put put the money where the mouth is. And and to be honest, I you went around a few I went shops around to pay your tax. I, I went. I went around. <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about that. Uh, I, I I was very confident of this selection coming through. And to be honest, I like I moved house and I have my my slips filed away. I nicely. was very confident of this bet coming through. I moved house <laughs> and, I, and one of my main priorities in moving houses where's the Huben stuff. Yeah, and I, I have oh, them the in slips. Like, yeah, and I have them in like uh, Huben stuff. Wedding I have ring. them in. Yada, yeah, yada. <laughs> I have the Huben bets in like. Uh, in a, in a, like a where I keep like gym gear and stuff like that, you know that little box, you know. And I had it all a bit mouldy. No, 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 yeah. clean stuff. Oh yeah, no, no. And then yeah. I just, but I just, I just, I had it all filed away perfectly and like perfect. And then I got to the even last week. It's like two. Now he's fine. Then I got to one. Michael Duffy was one behind, and then I was like, right, this is getting a bit nervy. But Pat's at home, and then Duffy doesn't start, and you're thinking, oh yeah, okay. But Junior this whole Derry Finn Harps, yeah. you know, Ollie Hor- when you heard Ollie Horgan was in Drada, the alarm, the alarm bells were ringing. Because Parkhouse was on eleven and Junior was on eleven, so they had two darts tr- like thrown at you. And then not only that, but the drama of 
Hooban's goal. Hoobinator's goals, quote unquote, being denied. I really wanted him to score that goal. I have to give Dan um, a favourable mention again, though, because he backed Parkhouse at 50 to 1. And we're looking at this going into the last couple of games, thinking, he, as it turns out, he actually finished like dead heat fourth with Aaron Green, Danny well, Mandel. That's basically because I spoke to some people who, who said this Mandroyu. guy is. Mandroyu. Mandroyu. Still struggling with that. I suppose. See, see him topless last week, by the way, <laughs> frolicking around the boat. That's bar. what you need on billboards all over Dublin, you know. That's Man, it, actually. Man, <clears throat> Mandroyu. Topless in the Bowes Bar with Brano and uh, who, oh, some ah, other reprobates. Lot of reprobates. They all didn't yeah. look as good as uh, ah, as the boy Mandrew. To us, be fair, he, he does have that. Like when the boy owns Stokes did a bit of modelling work. I think Mandrew, like in fairness, he he looks like he's kind of angling that way. He puts on this pose in all the photos. You yeah. know, like but topless. Yeah, in, uh, in in that bar, you know, like I heard of a, a rival League of Ireland player who was still drinking in the middle bar at three in the morning. Uh, a certain um, actually I can't name him but he, he did play for Bowes back in the day right. still might have a soft spot for them would he, would, he sh- would he share his name with an award ceremony yes. that takes place yes, in Hollywood he <laughs> <laughs> yes he would you know who you are um, but anyway Dan hard luck on that I think uh, yeah I don't even want to talk about it, it. Was, it was a good, Junior it was, was the top scorer it was so. a good bet we, we'll get, will we get to Sean Cavanagh we will now? get to Sean Cavanagh um, Sean Cavanagh and the Hoobinator very uh, fared very well in the stats this season that Mike Tracy put up the other night about uh, basically was it like key passes? I think Jack Byrne was top, then maybe McElhenney. But Hooven's passing is like I think his all round game is a little bit. He has, and then we go back to the thing. Really, really good. It's, it's frustrating that he, ha- from my perspective mm. and, and his perspective, that he hasn't scored in uh, the last while. But I think he actually has. Like his all round game this year, like the game in Waterford, um, where he he made he put two in a play for Daniel Kelly and stuff, and it is true that you know that he's there are times even in the game last week where like you you see the dog breaking down the flank and putting the ball into the cross. Like, where's Hooban? Well, that's because he's actually held up the ball and laid it off in mm. the first place, and he spends a lot of time outside the area. I think his range of passing actually is very underrated. I, like some of the passes he plays wide. Now you know he's he's quick wide player. He's very intelligent yeah. player. He did yeah. lie after the game a blade. And lie where he said, I don't care about not winning the war. Ah, we won the league. Because yeah, yeah. you know that, like, he's I a striker. Was, yeah, even when I was like, when I was playing as a kid, if if I were dropped in a game, um, I'd find it very hard to even want us to win. It was pure self Oh, listen, I know. But, so but that's not, the way I was. When like, you're not on the podcast, you hope it's shite. That is still your attitude. Um, but like, but Hooban, like, when you think about it, right, like 14 goals for Junior uh, to be top scorer, like, he didn't necessarily even play through the middle a lot of the season. It's a dire tally. Like, it's great for him. But Three the, of them don't like, count. Like, Hoopin scored 16 goals fewer than last year. And he still could have finished top scorer if mm. it wasn't for the fact that Finn Harps uh, were playing a playoff three days later, realistically. Oh, 100%. So I don't think, I don't think Junior would have got a hat-trick against Harps in a normal game, but I'm, I'm over that. Honourable mention but the, but the general, the general Daniel Kelly with, with nine goals, um, you know, didn't play a lot of the season as well. Um, f- I, a fantastic late, uh, like last 10 games he seemed to be scoring in nearly no, every he, game. No, he had a great season, but just overall, like the value of a, tr- like that old cliche. And the boy Dinny with the, seven the, before everything went. Dinny yeah, probably would have won. Aaron, well, Aaron Dryden with seven, and he left the league yeah. at the midway point. So, like, and we're just looking at the list. Sorry, of the top what fifteen or so scorers. Coleman's even got eight in the end. Yeah, for overs. Like the old cliche about a twenty goals a season striker being worth points. I mean, this is the evidence. You know, like fourteen goals top scorer. Who wins it next year, Dan? Actually, somebody like Parkhouse is so young. I like it. Like Cuban, to be honest, would still be. I'm not sure if I can go there again. Mm. But like, <laughs> like if you're if you're like the, the logic is that if you're the striker with the best club, but by, by rights you're probably going to get a lot of chances mm. um, 
but I, I think all clubs this winter, and I, I, I'd say them Dalker, no different. Like we'll all be looking still for a, a striker. Like everyone's looking for that twenty goal a season player. Um, like it's, it's grand when the league was like a thirty three game season. I know there's a little fixture congestion, but it's a thirty six game season now. Like that was the lowest tally for a top it scorer. Is shite in That's the lowest tally. I, I looked at this. I think it's back to. Mick Byrne in the eighties, I think. I I, really? I, lo- I looked up the League of Ireland top scorers list. So, like you know, you, when you think the Shawnee Maguire Cup and like Hoopin's record last year was up there with the best of them, you know. And Shawnee Maguire, two seasons ago in a thirty-three game season, like he was on course for. I mean, if he'd stayed for the entirety of the season and the form he was in, like he would have set, he could have set a record like Hoopin did. You know, he would have certainly got to twenty-nine thirty. So that in a thirty-six game season. Um, that 14 is top. I mean, it does like it does say something. In fact, I, I, I do have it up here, the League of Ireland list of top scorers. I mean, in recent years, like, you know, you, Gary Twig scored 24. Okay, 2008, it was Dave Mooney, Farron and Mark Quigley. They were tied on 15. Jason Byrne, 2006, 15. So we've had actually 15 in a couple of seasons. In recent seasons, Shawnee McGuire got 18 in 2016, but that was mm. enough to be top, mm. and he left halfway through. Roy Patterson in 2013-18, but in other years, Fagan 20, Huben 20, Richie Towell 25. Um, you know, you go back to Zayed 22, Twig the seasons, he was top 24 and 20. Um, so yeah, I think you go back to 1986-87, McBurn 12 goals. Yeah. So the last season of, the year when Rovers won the Cup, and on a very topical note, let's go back to what we were you lo- going to you talk lo- about. You lost a bet anyway. I lost a bet. <laughs> but Rovers might win the Cup this year with a low-scoring, top scorer in the league generally. And Sean Cavanagh is from around the corner. One of our Vida. earliest guests this season. And I did refer to that in our, in our interview because he was one of our most honest and open guests of the season. And uh, yeah, I, I spoke to Sean about FEI Cup final week. Yeah, it feels longer than, than uh, obviously most weeks. We play on a Friday, but this week is Sunday, so it feels a bit longer. We have few more days training but I think everyone's just ready to go feels feels probably like two weeks rather than one week as the local lad has, yeah. uh, is it particularly special yeah um, it would be special obviously I'll have a lot of family here and a lot of friends and obviously they have Daniel Kelly and Sean Gannon as well who's local mm-hmm. so I'm sure there'll be a lot of lads from region giving us a bit of stick can you remember your first time coming to the stadium um, it would have been the Road when you were a kid yeah it would have been I used to go to a lot of the international games here in the old lands down my granddad mm. and my uncles and stuff used to bring me so I can't actually remember the first game but I used to come to most internationals and mm. be freezing probably wanting to go home but my granddad and uncle making me stay is, is your family like I know you live here but are they all from here as well like did they all grow yeah. up around this area yeah as well? um, everyone grew up around the area so I have a lot of people from around the area that um I'll probably be here on Sunday watching, so I'm looking forward it's to it. It's pretty special, like that, that yeah. aspect of it. Ah, it is. It's, look, it's lovely, and I'm um, only from around the corner. I'm from my ma's back garden. You can probably see the house. and um, Yeah, that in, in that um, that instance, it's special. I'm looking forward to it. We, we spoke to you at the start of the season about um, you know how you were adjusting to coming home mm-hmm. and, and the boost they'd probably given you being back home and how maybe you'd friend the hard when you were away initially yeah. like what has this year done for you you're on the team of the year you're back enjoying your football yeah. it seems like how much are you enjoying yeah. your life yeah. back now for me personally it's probably the most I've enjoyed my life over there obviously there was one season where I played a good few games but I still felt a little bit lonely I know mm. it's, it's, it's easy to say looking back and, but now being around my family it's it's more like I have a, a real life back then. Mm. I was nearly like just living by day to day, but now I have 
like I have a young son and um, yeah, it's I'm just enjoying my football and enjoying life at the minute. Do you feel you're thriving? Like, I mean, do you feel that that happiness is actually also affecting your football in a good way um, as well? I think, I think in a weird way it has. I think if you're happy off the pitch, it's all the creeps onto the pitch as well, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so I think football-wise, that's helped a lot, being, being happy and around my family. Uh, the Dundalk matches this year, I guess, I suppose if you look at your league season, if you, if you turn to the Dundalk and Bowes games into more positive results, you might be closer. Yeah. Like, are they, are they just particular games that have niggled away at you as a group that they just, yeah. you haven't done as well as you might have thought in yeah. those matches? Yeah, look, you probably look back on them games and they're the ones that we probably, they're the ones that probably got the leg away from us. But um, I think especially the Dundalk games, um, I thought we played well in a couple of them, but they obviously had, they had the better of us on the day and they beat us. Do you feel this is the next step for the group though now? Like this, you've been there for like, what, two seasons and... Yeah. You've been building, but do you do you feel like you almost need that trophy or something just to represent the improvement that you've had? Um, yeah, I think so. I think look, if you want to be known as a good team, I think you have to win trophies. And Sunday, if we win a trophy, I think we'll go down maybe a bit of history because it's been a long time, hasn't mm. it? But um, yeah, it'd be nice. I'd love to win a trophy, and I think all the lads are thinking the same. We need to sort of win something to justify. Are fans reminding you of that every time you um, talk to them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every now and again they are, especially with the cup, but. Um, yeah, it'd be, be nice to win a trophy. Uh, just a bit the actual the pitch, do you speak to people about playing there? Um, like this, maybe some of the dock lads are maybe more used to it, but like you know, big wide surface, mm. big pitch. Like, can that affect the game? I mean, I know that like, Tal is not a small pitch yeah. by any, by any yeah. stretch of imagination at all, but just even the width and, and how that might affect you as a sort of the, the areas that you occupy um, normally. Yeah, I think you can. Maybe you might find yourself, if, it, if the tighter pitch, say, for instance, I don't know, up in Bally Buffet, it's a bit tight, isn't it? But mm. out, out in uh, the Aviv, it's a huge pitch, so you might find yourself in a little bit more space. But um, yeah, I think I think it might be. That's the only that's the only case. Do you relish that though? Like a, a yeah, long position? I, to be honest, I'd probably rather that have a bit more space and a bigger pitch than a tighter pitch. Is, yeah, I think if you ask most footballers, it's, it's it's a lot harder to play football on a tighter mm. pitch, especially because people are closer to you and they can get get to you quicker. But on a bigger surface and open pitch, I think you can play better football and there's more space for you. It's funny you mentioned the Rings End connection. I mean, I don't know who play on the right side for them, but yeah. like Dano and, and yeah. Daniel Kelly. It could, it could be the going, three of us on the one side. It's yeah. very likely, isn't it? Yeah. You know? I think if, like, if, if all the three of us start, I think you'd imagine I'd be on the left and uh, Gano and Daniel Kelly be on the right as well. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think half a Rings End would be swapping a half time <laughs> to go over the other side. But it is something you have to be aware of, I mean, yeah. particularly... You know, Sean's runs forward yeah. from they actually hurt you in talent that yeah, game. Yeah, it is something to keep part of the game, I guess. Isn't yeah, it? I think for me, he's, he's up for player of the year, and rightly so. And he's probably probably their best player for me, him alongside Duffy for me personally. But like Dano's quick as well. Mm. You wouldn't want to chase him, chase back to towards your own goal. But look, there's something. Um, you're going to have to look out for it but they can hurt you in other areas as well so you're going to be up to on your game What type of game do you expect it to actually be? I mean, there's some um, I mean Chris Shields is out which is obviously yeah. probably big news um, but there's some there's still a lot of very talented yeah. midfield players I, I think it'll be a, a good football game I think you've seen up in Oriel Park Tala this year um, both, both teams like to get the ball down and play football and especially with the players they have and especially the players we have you know, the likes of Jack and Graham who get mentioned all the time but Technically, they're, they're unbelievable. Look, we play to play to suit their their strengths, and that's where we'll go. We won't change on Sunday. Uh, 
probably a bit typical of Sean Kavanagh talking about other players being technically unbelievable because Sean Kavanagh's um, again his passing stats are really really high and um, he's had a fantastic season. I was thinking about this yesterday, Dan. That um, as much as he he definitely will play, I think I find it awful hard not to play Neil Ferruja after the way he played um, Friday. But my the indication I'm getting is that Ferruja probably won't start, and they're going to stick with three five two. Um, I actually thought that um, Duna did very, very well on um, Gannon in the first half in particular. Gave him a bit of... I, I know Sean Gannon was kind of joking that I was when I was saying he's never had a bad game. But it's probably it was one of the, the, the rare times when a player actually looked like he was giving him a bit of bother. Ferruja was in unreal form in the second half. Came on half-time against Cork. He looked on top of his game. And he has pace that Rovers don't have. Well, when you think that... <clears throat> I think when Cork City played in Dalk and they did well in, in a couple of the cup finals at the Aviva, they actually Cork did well, like they were competitive in all the cup finals in the Aviva. Um, but I remember the season they won the league, speaking to someone involved who was saying that one of the big things for Cork was actually Dooley as an out and out wide player. And actually, it was just purely because he, cause he was just positive, he would actually engage Gannon and make it harder for Gannon to get forward in the way that he normally would. And that was like Dooley obviously had his own attack and strengths, but that. You know, to to try and neutralise that Gannon avenue is like vital, and I mean, it's obvious. I mean, last season the Dock won the FA Cup final with a Gannon cross. You know, after McGrath released him, um, and in Tallaght this year they've beaten Rovers with a Gannon goal. I mean, he is. I think Stephen Bradley at one point even, um, I think he sort of half described him as the only Dock threat. I don't think he meant it in the way that it came across, mm. but it it is like. Uh, a massive aspect of playing the dog, what you do on that side of the pitch. He, he, like Sean <coughs> Gannon is the best right back in the league, but um, anyone one-on-one with Ferruja, um at this level is is at least under some threat. And Colin Horgan had a horrible time the second half. He was left one-on-one with him the whole time. And Ferruja just... It's, he's not doing anything ridiculously fancy, but he's quick and he's direct. And um, he, he gave Horgan a horrible time. And so if, if Rovers play with just, just Sean Kavanagh on the left and that kind of narrow middle three they have, you'll then have, obviously, Gannon and whoever the right winger is. It's kind of hard to see Rovers winning that battle on the left with really only one out-and-out <laughs> left player. Whereas if they go with uh, Kavanagh and Ferruja in a 4-5-1, which would nearly have to be, it's a serious sign of intent. Yeah, yeah, but they, they also, their logic might be they, won't, they might necessarily control the ball as much in the middle and they have, mm. have to actually get the ball to him. Who um, plays then, Bulger or uh, O'Neill? This is going to be an interesting... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I, I'd struggle to predict the Rovers team now, I have to say. Um, like Bulger is definitely... It depends like how much you emphasis you put on experience and like you, you mentioned Fruge's ability, you know, talent, like, but it would be the biggest game of his career. Um, and I mean, Gary's a very chilled out sort of character, so I can't imagine much would phase him when he's played in Europe, but Bulger is like the cup final experience he's been influential in cup finals at the Aviva before whereas it would be new territory for O'Neill but he is O'Neill's very important to how they play and he probably is shading it at the moment I think he'll um, play I think he'll play yeah. yeah I think he probably is shading it but I mean it's it's, it's probably a good problem to have mm. um, but Ro- Ronan Finn as well I think he, he's going to be very with the ground he game. covers mm. like you th- I mean okay Tal is a big pitch anyway so it's not as if you're going from playing in, in sort of like Finn Park or something to mm. to to play in the Aviva, you know it's 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 like it's a big enough surface in Tala, but people do talk about that with, and I mentioned it with Sean there, and it comes up about the big pitch in all the previews, you know, like someone like Finn. When I think back to 2016 when they played Cork after coming back from Russia, and the ground that Finn covered in that like 120 minutes was incredible. But if if he plays like a right wing back and he's one on one with Duffy, which is very feasible, with obviously uh, Joey O'Brien is a bit of 
right kind of cover on the right of a three. Um, I think Dundalk will be looking at that as Michael Duffy against Ronan Finn is a bit of a mismatch in terms of like he's not a defender really. No. So there's that as well. But then if they play Joey O'Brien as a right back and Finn would nearly have to play like right wing, which kind of wouldn't be ideal either. So I was thinking about this last night and I think they'll probably play three five two, but I'd feel hard is, is, this inf- is this information or just your prediction? Purely prediction. Oh, I thought you were passing it off as like that's what they're gonna do. Is this No this, um, just thoughts you had last night? Although they they, they if I, if there are any indications is that Ferrugia won't start, which I, I I would find for Bradley and Cronin is is a tough choice because he, he was so I genuinely mean this he was dyn- so dynamic against Colm Horgan. But I guess he's probably like you what I think for these, an option all the these bench. finals like I mean <laughs> recent history has suggested 120 minutes like people mm. can, can't always expect to go home early here and you need to have something a real game changer on the bench like you talk about like having a sub like say a boulder but that's coming in to steady the ship or to you know and he, he can bring more control to proceedings or whatever but you want that something different that wild card option on the bench and Fraser probably would be that for them you know and he, if, if it involves changing your shape like mm. you know so they, that might be the way to use him particularly as he hasn't played much games he is a young fella like it would be his first final and I think starting him and having to recalibrate and go to like the system you're talking about there would be a bigger upheaval than bringing him off the bench yeah you get me so if that, I were in the Rovers dressing room I'd kind of try to go out there and say we're better than them and play like that Let's well, you, well I mean, with this season we know that you would definitely do that to be fair this that, is after that, they, that would be after your they blew, blew a 13 point lead <laughs> yeah. but um, I would be if like if you were in the Rovers dressing room there'd be a couple of questions asked uh, yeah. do, does, does the Chris Shields uh, thing give them a bit more confidence you think I would have to because throughout the the what are we sixteen WhatsApp audios here? Chris Shields features a lot, yeah, well, let's, and a let's, lot of people I think actually change their mind. I think they probably have. I mean, will we start with the manager? Let's let's go through some. We've got some various voices who figured across the year. These are from uh, four different parts of the country in the in the managerial prediction. Is Shane Keegan still a manager? He's more of a media personality now, isn't well, he? Well, I'm, uh, sh- I'm sure he's still looking for jobs but mm. um, he, he's, he's, he's omnipresent he can, pick, he can pop up anywhere now he can he like can. he's gonna he's gonna pop up in one of these uh, uh, celebrity uh, he's gonna be like Ralph Gattaro he's gonna <laughs> pop up with a full head of hair on Virgin <laughs> Media TV3 some night you know he's, he's likely to end up anywhere in the media you know you never know well but, there you are anyway some Let's managers Alan Ma- so we've been, Alan was on we've recently been sweeping around the country so managers ex-managers people who have managed basically here's their take uh, we have Alan Matthews in this segment Alan Matthews Alan Reynolds. We shouldn't really name them before, and we should let them like figure it out. And then if they don't know, we can just na- no, name no. In them this after. section, we'll have Alan Matches, <laughs> Alan Reynolds. Yeah, this is like a, this is not one big long mystery voice podcast, John. No, like, I mean these uh, are quite short. Alan Matches, Alan Reynolds. I mean Alan Matches. I think helpfully introduced himself. Not all guests do. Alan Reynolds, Johnny McDonald, the unmistakable voice, Shane Keegan, and I mean it's a Galway pod. There's a Galway voice, Alan Murphy. Um, I believe Shamrock Rovers will just edge this game out on Sunday. Um, over the course of the season, Dundalk have had the better of them, as they have over everybody else, where they've comfortably won the league. But I think on a one-off in the cup final, um, Rovers will be really motivated, and they've got the players on hand, I believe, that can win a game from nothing, particularly Jack Bourne and Graham Bourke. I think Dundalk are going to be somewhat um, depleted because Chris Shields isn't playing, albeit that they have some really good players and goal scorers themselves in Benson, McElhaney and Michael Duffy and, and Hoban. But I just think on a one-off, um, Rovers, they need to win something. This group of players, they've been very, very good all season. They've run Dundalk well. 
And I think they have a big game in them. So I just will go with Shamrock Rovers. It's really tight, um, this game. Two really good sides. I, I, if I go on the last game uh, between Dundalk and Rovers, I, that's why I'd have to, to go for Dundalk to win it. Um, I think they were powerful and, and were Rovers were a little bit wide open at times and, and Duffy caused the major problems and so did Benson. Um, so I'm looking at, say, Rory Higgins, who's who's on the backroom staff with, with Dundalk. Tactically, he'd be excellent. I would have thought when Stephen Kenny was there, he would have worked closely with Stephen and tactically, I'd say he's one of the best in the country. So I'd say he'll have his homework done on, on Dundalk um, and on Rovers and that's why I feel that um, Dundalk would shade it. Hi, all. Anticipating a great cup final, two great teams, two great young managers, two styles that are very easy on the eye. Dundalk with their raiding fullbacks, the trickery and the wide play of Duffy, the goal machine that is human. Rovers with their solid defence and their abundance of attacking midfielders, especially Jack Bourne, who can not only score but assist and his ability with set dead ball set pieces can cause major problems for Dundalk. Be great for Vinny to do the treble, but I think it'd be also great for Rovers to win the cup. It's a hard one to call. Profile of the players and what's on show would, would be the would be the winner, I think, on the day. And uh, for me, I think Rovers just might shade it on the day. It's a cup final, and I think Rovers just might shade it on the day. Hey, as for all, probably FAI Cup finals, I think, um, going to be a really tight affair um, just have an inkling for Shamrock Rovers to be honest with um, Chris Shields being out for Dundalk I think uh, he's a big player obviously in cup finals and it's uh, I think he's a player that uh, is not going to be easily replaced um, and I just think Shamrock Rovers might edge this one I think if he go all the way to the wire probably extra time um, but uh, um, yeah I'd be just just edging with uh, that, that little bit maybe of, uh, of an extra of an extra uh, incentive for, for the Rovers lads um, in terms of they haven't been there in a while uh, so uh, I'm going for Shamrock Rovers to win uh, in extra time How's it going lads? Um, yeah look if you'd asked me at the start of this week um, who was going to win it I, I, I would have edged for Dundalk just about um, I always thought it was going to be tight but I would have just about given him the nod but I think uh, Chris Shields' loss is, is, is that big I do think it just swings it in Shamrock Rovers' favour uh, they've got so much creativity there in that area of the field just in front of Dundalk's back four and they don't have a like-for-like -like replacement really um, yeah probably going to edge for Shamrock Rovers now uh, That's actually two Go United's uh, last two managers there uh, Alan, oh, Alan Murphy Shane Keegan and uh, some some interesting predictions there uh, I should say the first like we've done 16 the first nine I think we had were all Rovers and Rovers are outside of this that's the order in which we did it but yeah, yeah Alan Reynolds is going for Dundalk there you give Rory Higgins a mention and I think like that, that you know that like Dundalk's do have a good record against Rovers still I know that the game in Tala they did ride their luck and Rovers you would think you know they approached that game well they had a plan they were the better side they still lost Um my own prediction at the start of the week was Dundalk, and I'm st I don't think I, the Shields thing is is a massive one. I don't think it's enough to change my prediction, um, because I still feel that, and you touched on it there, like there's the know-how, but there's the 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 wit that they are they have, the ability to stretch rovers, um, I I feel that that could swing it their way, 
across the piece, you know. And it's such a strong bench as well. Well, they're a strong bench, but I think you know, just Duffy relishes that venue, and mm. um, you know, Gannon getting forward, and I, I just think they should have. They have the ability to do it, but I, I can see the Shields thing would throw you. You know, it definitely would. I, I don't think anyone can could be assertive about them. And there is a feeling that a lot of people just feel that it's it's Rovers' time. You know, that their season has 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 gone their way. Um, you know, in the sense that it's been building to this, and there's a feeling that to represent the next step of the Rovers' progression, that this is the natural thing. You know, the cup is their focus. But the other way of looking at it is. Like, is there more pressure on them than there is on Dundalk? You know, like, as in, like, yeah. the Dundalk have this, people aren't really talking about the treble. Like, the treble would be, like, a really historic achievement in Irish sport, but it's almost taken for granted because they are that, you know, they're that, they've been that dominant a team across, like, you know, a number of years. But, like, Rovers really need something to, to take from their season here, and they have the old cup famine, and they probably will have a bigger fa- fan base in the stadium when the, when kickoff comes round. And like there who's is, the, who's the new stifling pressure? I don't know. Yeah, I'd say, I think I, I Johnny <laughs> Mack kind of summed it up there. He's like, I'd like them to dock to win the treble, but like, kind of you, you would like to see Rovers, Rovers winning the cup. I think would be good for the game in a way that like it might bring back some lapsed fans. Well, I think for the sake of next season's league, you know, if for for the sake of next season's league, I think Rovers winning it, like, will will give that. That bit more of a push in the sense of well, you know, Rovers won the cup. You know, this rivalry is building. If Dundalk win the cup, having won the league battle, and they're completely dominant, you know, they've won everything. Like, you know, there's there there's maybe it's a harder preview for next year. Maybe mm. it's really damaging to Rovers. So, like, it's it's firmly poised. It is a fascinating game. I hope it delivers. But 60, we'll I think, uh, yeah, I'd be very confident this game will deliver to some extent. Anyway, sixty-one thirty-nine in favour of Dundalk from. Our poll on the LOI Weekly uh, Twitter machine at the moment. So the Dock agent there. Uh, before we get to the next, um, these are ex-players. I think for both teams, the season will feel a little bit anticlimactic if they lose the cup. For Rovers, they've they've done well in Europe, but they ultimately haven't won anything. And for Dundalk, okay, the League Cup is grand. The league, they canter to the league, didn't really play to their best for much of the campaign, to my mind. Then they lose the cup, didn't did okay in Europe, no better. They'd be like, nah, yeah. Could have been better. Yeah. That sounds a bit daft, but like I, I think Dundalk will actually feel like that as well. I think well, they, they still have the Linfield double header as well, so at least mm. they're not in a complete downer. Um, True. I think that's. I, mean, I, I still think that people within Dundalk would find that a bit, a bit harsh. You know, to say that. I mean, they did win the league by eleven points. Weren't challenged really. Well, they, yeah, mm. but it's not really their fault. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I'm sure internally they would have pride at what they've produced this season so um, I think that's an outside perception like I mean if you can maybe not play your best as you put it and win the league by 11 points I mean then what what rivalry are we talking about at all mm. you, know, like, you know then there is none let's um, get to our second set of predictions and these are pundits uh, slash ex-players starting with Neil Horgan Kevin Kilban of uh, dance, Dancing on Ice Dancing mm. on Ice fame Jero Buzzero, uh, all the way from somewhere on holidays, and Mark Roster, who was on the show this year, and uh, well worth listening to the last one, Shane Supel. Um, I'm looking forward to a really tight match. Two top teams in the country. Uh, Chris Shields will be a big loss, obviously, to Dundalk. So my prediction is two-one to Shamrock Rovers, and you know, just reward for Stephen Bradley's fine work over the last few years, bringing Rovers to where they are. And in other ways, what's been in other ways, uh, a great year for Dundalk. 
game, I'm going to go with Shamrock Rovers to win. I know they're the underdogs and I know certainly a lot of people will go against what I'm saying, but I've seen Shamrock Rovers a lot this season. I think they've got a lot of quality in the side. I've seen Dundalk only twice live this season. I've seen them quite a bit on TV, but I actually do fancy Shamrock Rovers in the one-off game to, to, uh, to win the match. And I think with the quality that they've got throughout the side, I am going for Shamrock Rovers to win this weekend. How's it going, lads? I thought Dundalk after they both won their semi-final, so I'm going to stick with Dundalk now. Um, Shields is a big loss, but I still think they've enough quality around the side that will just pip Rovers in the end. I'm going for a high scoring game, maybe 3-2 to Dundalk. Uh, my prediction would be a Dundalk win in 90 minutes. Um, just feel that, you know, they're, they're laced with so many winners. Um, Shields is going to be a huge loss for them, he really will. Um, and I think that would be one of the only things that will give Shamrock Rovers an edge in midfield um, and put a little bit of pressure more so on Dundalk because of the, the great shielding job he does for them, pardon the pun. Um, but no, I just feel the likes of Michael Duffy, you know, Pat Holben, they're, they're a far more potent strike force than Shamrock Rovers have. Um, and I think ultimately it'll come down to that on the day. So I'd be going for probably a Dundalk, Dundalk win in 90 minutes, either 1-0 or 2-1. Rovers, 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 Rovers. Hearing insight there from Subs Radio, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. He was obviously in a playful mood. Playful. What, what do you think, though? Like, why? Why? why where did it come from? Maybe he's just—is that a play on your own? Like, you know, Johnny's just Rovers obsessed, and he's just—is he's, is it ironic? Far from Rovers obsessed. Um, in fact, I was down in Galway at the Under 19s final on Monday night. Tell you, Dan, it was cold. It felt like winter football. It was bloody cold, and it was. Uh, very good, very good game actually. Three one to Watford. Um, about a thousand at the game, which that's was not, that's, that's promising. Good, yeah. albeit a bank holiday. Um, very promising talk about the budget in Galway next year. Colin Fortune was announced as assistant, and the bar is on the way back. I think. Right. What was your point here? Um, I'm Galway United obsessed. Right. I'm okay. I thought I thought that was something to do with the, the cup final. Maybe. Um, um, should mention as well, just in case we forget to take a look at the All Island League videos that are doing the rounds. Um, I think it's worth mentioning. I think some good promotional work done from uh, the lads there on Twitter. If you are still a little bit undecided about the uh, the All Island League, do you, do you want to get to the the players' predictions? Yeah, we've got some players from the league three, as well. Four, five, six. Ian Birmingham in this section we hear from Ian Birmingham, Kieran Kilduff, Brendan Clark, Derek Pender. This is poor. These are all dubs. Like literally, like Jake Kier Highland. Kieran and Luke Kilduff Byrne. is technically from Kildare, I think, but he's effectively a dub. Jake Highland and Luke Byrne. Well, yeah, but I mean, in the pre you know, we've okay. Uh, that's a fair point. But we had, you know, we did ask for did ask uh, Johnny Dunleavy, but he's under the weather. Carl Shepard, who chickened out because he doesn't like giving predictions, because I think he used it for, as motivation. Do you remember back in the day? He was like, uh, oh, like when people knock us, we uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. um, Carl Shepard, who, who was. Uh, Obviously, looking for a club now. Um, I did ask for a few non-dubs. Anyway, just oh, well, we, had, we, we had that. We had some different voices in our other sections, to be fair as well. So, so let's reiterate: Ian Birmingham, Kieran Kilduff, Brendan Clark, Derek Pender. Very, very uh, brief from the boy Detzer, Jake Highland, and Luke Byrne. Two top teams. I think we we quality all over the pitch in, in every position and. Um, Walton Dock are close to the league title. I feel it could be Rovers Day, Sunday. Um, they're probably the best team we've played against this year. 
Um, obviously, I've seen today that Chris Shields is, is out of Dundalk team now through suspension. So whoever comes in there has got big boots to fill. But for me, as I said, I just think overs have been the better side that we've played against this year. And, and I fancy them to go and deal with Sunday in a tight game. Maybe could even go extra time penalties, but I fancy Rovers to nick it. Well, lads, you know, huge weekend with the FAI Cup and two of my many former teams going head-to-head. Uh, it's Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk. It's going to be a great occasion and it's one I'm looking forward to. Um, I can't help but feel maybe this year Shamrock Rovers, you know, could do it. Um, obviously, the Dockers are such an amazing team and, you know, they've achieved so much. And I just feel maybe the pressure going for this domestic travel. And I heard this morning, obviously, Chris Shields being suspended will be a huge blow for them. And to be fair to Shamrock Rovers as well, they've been very impressive this year and they, they probably deserve some kind of silverware for their efforts. I went to see them a few times in Europe and stuff like that. So, you know, it's been long overdue for them and, and maybe this, this could be their one. But as I said, it's such a tight game to call. And, you know, again, the Dock are such a formidable opponent that it's going to be tight regardless of who wins it. But uh, maybe this year it's Shamrock Rovers year, but I'm really looking forward to the game anyway. And uh, hopefully it'll be a great occasion for all involved. I think looking at both teams' defensive records and clean sheets this season, I think it's going to be tight. Um, I think whoever comes into the Dundalk team for for Chris Shields, uh, he'll be a huge loss for them. Um, he's going to have the hands full with with looking after Jack Bourne, and I think I don't know. I just I just have a feeling that Dundalk have been there, done that um, on on several several occasions. So. For me, it's probably going to be Dundalk, possibly after after extra time, maybe even penalties. Hi Johnny, uh, cup final on Sunday, I think it'll be a really close game, but I think Dundalk might just edge you in extra time. Cheers. I think Shamrock Rovers are going to win the cup. Uh, I just think that midfield is going to be too strong. I think the news coming out today that Chris Shields is suspended is going to be a massive loss for Dundalk. He's a really big player, and I think without him on the pitch, it'll open up for Jack Bourne to pull the strings and find a way for them to lift the cup. I'm looking forward to the game. I think that uh, Chris Shields would be a big loss for Dundalk. But having seen a couple of the uh, the games between the two teams this year, I think Rovers are unlucky not to win a couple of them. And I think um, the likes of Graham Burke, Jack Byrne on the big pitch, good service in the Aviva. I can see them doing a lot of damage, so I'd say Rovers 2-1. Big uh, Rovers bias on the predictions. Well, like, I mean, think of the grief you've got for calling it for Rovers in the league mm. this year. I mean, there's a lot of people here now who are going to be on the on the Dundalk dressing room wall. So <laughs> Brendan Clark there will be saved from that. Yeah. Grief. But everyone what? else is, uh, you know, Ian Birmingham very strong on, on, on saying that Rovers have been the best team they faced this year. And like that is, you know, that, that, I think Tali O'Neill said that in here one time. And a lot of people have said that. And it's like, I think that stuff is just it, it does make them dog bristle because they've won, you know they've won the league by by so much you know and yet there is a view that Rovers are as good as them and on their day can be better than them. Um, Rovers didn't have Graham Burke uh, for much of the season. I think he has given them a totally different. Goal yeah, but I think, dimension. but I think, I think, like, yeah, you can make that point. But I mean, the knock didn't have Benson for large no, parts no. of the season. I'm just saying, I think, like that, I think you know? the, the problems Rovers had, um, namely, they didn't have enough. Uh, goals and they didn't have pace have kind of been rendered redundant by Ferugia and Burke coming in. So I think there are... Now the problem Rovers had, John, is they didn't win the big games. Yeah, but like, in, like, in, do, know, like, in those big games, kind of, like Aaron Green maybe wasn't scoring enough. Now Johnny, the problem they had... They didn't have enough pace. Johnny, the problem they had is that they didn't win the big games. Like, Bose and Dundalk, they got, what, four points, four points. Yeah, look, that's the problem. Mm. Like, you know, like, Graham Burke played an Oriole. 
You know what I mean? Like uh, I was over by then. Yeah, but, but I'm, ju- I'm just I'm just saying that it's kind of like title winning know how though. They didn't have it. Dundalk did. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. And like, this, and that's the debate when you come into this match. It's like, you know, what are the factors? Is it ability? Is it is it know how? Is it experience? Is it the fact that it's Dundalk's fifth final in a row that you know they can manage the situation, manage the occasion better? I don't know. Like I like Rovers. Like in Europe, they played well, so it's not as if they they frozen on big occasions. It's just that. In the head-to-head matches with the in recent years, they haven't they haven't always got the result that mm. they, that you would suggest was coming their way from the from their performance, and that's like that's not just bad luck. Like that's actually no, no. you know when 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 Sean Gannon for all the Rovers put a lot of pressure on Dundalk in Tala, like you know after Gannon scored, I, I know there was a couple of late chances, but you know Dundalk managed the situation very well and. Uh, I you know, and, that, and that's why ultimately I I still fancy them. You know, in in, in, in the, the head scenario, the Shields thing is is big, and I'm now seeing I see extra time coming our way again. But mm. I, I just I just wonder, like, is there all is there all round squad? I mean, I think it is. I mean, like for example, I think Rovers if they were to get like a defensive injury or something in the game, like they'd be very vulnerable. Well, they'd you have know? Lafferty to come in. Yeah, and, but uh, it's not. Yeah, but like Lafferty's finding his way. Like I don't, mm. I. I I think in the scenarios like uh, mad stuff can happen in a cup final. Like mm. someone picks up an injury or a, you know so earlier something that can throw things and in some ways Sean Kavanagh gets interest, the, injured. It's quite the, interesting. The, the biggest yeah the biggest yeah. problem for the dog would have been Shields that they've lost mm. them already. Uh, but they they have time to deal with that. I think they can manage anything that happens within the game now. You Set know, pieces are going to be could be very important because well, these two teams are can can. Do serious damage to Seppies. They can. Lee Grace, like in fairness, watching him for off a Jack Byrne delivery, Lopez to an extent, um, an unbelievable threat. And you even see like uh, Massey scoring from a set piece. Num- the a first, brilliant header of the ball. The first two goals that the Dock got in Oriel against mm. uh, Shamrock Rovers were, were straightforward balls into the area. Yeah. They didn't do their job properly. Mm. Like it's it's. I, I just think it's that, fascinating. I just think that the Dock might. Just swing on I, those details. I'm really marginal rovers, but like find it hard to call. And as you say, could swing on different things. I think the bookmakers only have Dundalk mild favourites now. I wouldn't be amazed if Rovers went off favourites because I think the Chris Shields yeah. influence is so I just, strong. I mean, it's I, hard to call. I really do I hope it's a good game. Exactly. And know, I think it will be. And I think I, I think either way it's a good story. You know, mm. I think like if the knock win the treble, you know, that's a special story, you know, and, and for Vinny it would be huge, you know, because he hasn't really got like you know, Vinny hasn't really got the profile of a manager that 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 has you know got the results. And I know I think you said it here before. Sometimes, oh, well, the top two managers, that you know, the, the budgets are what matter. Like the the team still takes managing, like from both these managers. You know, like a lot of big money budgets have been squandered in the past, and like to keep the show on the road this year has been an achievement because people just assumed a lot of people assumed it would fall apart after Kenny going, and that hasn't happened. And that's still. Uh, a job that deserves serious praise just because he inherited a good squad he can easily mess that up and Bradley like this is his his own journey you know that he could easily have been shown the door when they lost 5-2 to Dundalk last year and there was fans producing banners so like either way there's a, there's a, there's a feeling there's a, a sweet moment for both managers for both clubs it's either a, a treble or Rovers ending their cup famine and you know moving almost like Cork winning the cup in 2016 set up 2017 for them and I think you know for Rovers it will be that so like I'm thinking it from the the sports writer's perspective that like it's a good story whatever happens I just hope it's a, it's a good game as well to go with it Um and and that you know it, that it, it showcases 
the best that there is in the league. I, I think it's got potential to be a, a better footballing final than the recent ones because I don't think there's going to be a sense that one team is trying to stop the other, which which did exist with a couple. Cork actually played well in last year's final. It's like Cork, but Cork set out their salt they, plays. They, they played well in last year's final, Cork, actually. In previous like, years, that I, I think that there was... You know, stopping the dog, no, 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 no doubt. Steve O'Donnell, like, literally ran ran one of the finals when he could barely walk. And I was like, geez, this Cork midfield, like, if that's where we're at. Steve O'Donnell, I don't know what year that was, two or three years ago, um, where he was clearly injured. He was sort of hobbling around the pitch and he still ran the show. In this game, you have, if you have, like, Robbie Benson, Jack Byrne, Graham Burke, Gary O'Neill, Art Bulger, um, and you also have, like, McElhenney, all these players, they just want, they want to play football. And I even both both these sides are passing from the back. I hope the weather is good. I think there are no excuses. I think it's going to be a re- even if it's nil all. I think it'll be a good game. Well, yeah, sense. but I think we'd like I like uh, Buzzer's prediction of a high scoring uh, affair. <laughs> we'll definitely take it with that. We should mention, of course, the playoff as yeah. well is a. Uh, uh, wasn't a high-scoring affair on Monday with with Chris Lyons at his 90-minute goal, and, and, and I mean, draw there's a sort of a poignancy around draw now yeah. with, with Vincent Hoy passing away, whose whose family are still very much involved with the club. Um, Vincent would have been honoured at the soccer writers' dinner in January. And you get the like feeling a, as well, the, like the glowing kind of um, tributes were totally like um, you know there was no no I, messing around. No, with no, absolutely. Such a well like guy. He's like. just like I saw the ex-players like Dan Connor and and uh, Fabio and people like that, like sort of putting up stuff that was was, was quite emotive. That they knew what the club meant to him. So I, I mean that that just adds an extra layer to it um, from the broader probably supporter perspective. I mean you know the, the players and the staff would be doing their thing. Um, Fantastic but, stuff for. From, from the drugs, like they've played three games fairly quick success. Cameron Cavo, Cameron yeah. Cabantili. Um, you got to mention Luke McNally getting a hat trick. Um, so he, he got four goals in what three games in the in in between between the Shelburne game and the playoffs. A uh, guy who's actually a nominal centre back and uh, and and lines as well. He got a carbon copy goal. His last goal against Cabantili and his goal against Harps were really He's taking similar. It, taking it really well. So yeah. that's Friday even. I mean, uh, Ollie it's will have to get the whole the the intimidating welcome and, mm. and, and make it a, a, actually make the stereotype real and make it a really tough place to go I mean they've done it on playoff nights before but you know in a way Harps have had to do that so many times mm. that can you go to the well too many times looking for that and um, I fancy Drogheda this Drogheda side has a goal in them mm. I think they'll absolutely. score absolutely and I um, think I think I uh, like from the Dro- the Drogheda camp are very cautious still they're like this is like going to be our biggest test of the year by long stretch but I don't know. They're they're just going in on a high. They've all the momentum and they're one it up. That's yeah. the most important thing. And I, as as much as you know, both of both of these teams badly need a new ground. Um, I, you'd be sad to see like Finn Harps gone from the Premier Division because of that geographic kind of. Oh, he definitely would. Uh, I wouldn't be sad to see either stadium going. No, but um, you, you, you'd sort of be happy with either club. But yeah, I know what you're saying. The geographic re- representation Does is a big thing. It is a cup final Sunday. We'll enjoy. Who are you going to the game with, John? I don't know. I don't have a ticket yet. You don't have a ticket yet? Mm. Actually, I would before we leave, I, I, I asked one guy so far, but I you should try to bring a friend as well. To Don't be afraid to get somebody along to watch this game that isn't, a, isn't, isn't necessarily the you'd be, uh, you'd be sort of moving in interesting circles on Sunday. You'd have a gang going. or I, I haven't anything yet. I've... Um, I asked uh, somebody in air and uh, Dundalk fans had just snapped up the ticket, so um, I was too late. We don't just pay. Yeah, I don't mind, but if I can get a premium ticket, sure, I'll, I'll go with that, obviously. Better seats and, you know. This is what you've become. 
Well, you can you, also with the premium, you can kind of float around and you can drink, meet mates, and have a few points. I, I mean, I think a lot of League of Ireland players will have this. As I think the PFI were saying, they're going to have a bit of a kind of a gathering. It'll You're be, going to be hanging out with them. You're going to be jersey tugging no, to a high level, I'd say. No, but what I'm saying is that how I many think WhatsApp audio messages to players are you likely to record on Sunday evening? I'm going to say ten, fifteen. Oh, it depends on who wins, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, you, no you'll be, you'll it, it is a bit of a player. jolly up. You, you've been uh, socialising with League of Ireland players a lot in recent weeks. You get stories out of them. You know, I've yeah. no actual um, strategic interest in these people at all, but you just get <laughs> stories out of them. No, they're always uh, they're always good lads. In fairness, um, but no, I think I think Sunday is a bit of a an ease up for the players. Just after a long season, those who aren't there and. As the lads were saying, it's a good idea to get them there to show them how good an occasion this is. Imagine being there. Imagine playing on Sunday. Yeah. Shouldn't forget this playing in front of forty thousand people. Well, or thereabouts. Hopefully, forty thousand. The boy owned the swing vote. Uh, I've na- I'm narrow, narrow, narrow. Shamrock Rovers and Dan is very tentative. Dundalk. The boy owned is with Dundalk. Um, so from the studio. Um, Narrow the dog, but from our pundits, it's heavy Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. Um, and this time next week, we'll we'll all know the answer. That was. Season 3, episode 38, and uh, thanks to everyone in particular who sent in the WhatsApp um, audios. And uh, if you do see us Sunday, sure, say hello. But there are 